Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host Aileen Day. Thank you so much for joining us again and today we have a wonderful special guest Nicole Lamond from Elements Tea. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi Aileen, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting us on. Now, I said this before, but if you are listening to this podcast, you need to go and check out the YouTube video because Nicole's earrings are smashing. I'm loving them. (laughs) I'm a big fan. I need to improve my earring collection. I'm pretty sure that's a thing I should do. They're probably cheaper than shoes. Yes, definitely. Yeah, easier to store at least. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Now, if you don't know who Nicole is, Nicole is the founder of Elements Tea and Chi Tea. And to give you – now, this is such an impressive bio. It's so impressive. I'm going to read it because it would do no justice to make a mistake. Get this. Nicole is the founder of Universal Village. It's a fair trade tea company that develops fair trade tea products where she gets to combine her passion – and entrepreneurship and ethics. Now we're going to talk about this, but ethics and delicious teas. And can I just say, I know they're delicious. I got some samples and they are so, so delicious. Now, Nicole, along with being the founder of Elements Tea, is also the founder of Chi Tea. And they are the first world's, uh, world's first certified organic vitamin tea brand. I know that's a mouthful, but that is impressive. The world's first. Yes, it did take about two years of research and development. Wow. To develop the product, yeah. I I would love to know, I mean, we're going to throw this to you shortly, but I would love to know how you got to that point of knowing that that was a gap in the market. But because of all that research and development and all of those amazing efforts, they now are branded, uh, they're now being sold in Woolworths supermarkets and all over uh, the country as well as internationally as well. And it is such an amazing achievement because it's such a, it's quite a young brand, isn't it, Nicole? Yeah, Elements uh, has only been in the market for two years. Baby. So very new, yes. Yeah, that is amazing. Now, I also have to add to this, Nicole, as well as just being a world dominant in in fair trade tea, also as a single mother of three children. Now, I just said to her, I'm the single mother of one. I don't know how you do three, (laughs) (laughs) which is phenomenal. And in 2019 was voted the uh, Dynamic Business Top 10 Entrepreneur of the Year and a finalist for the Women's Agenda Emerging Business Leader of the Year. That is madness. I don't know did you sleep 2019? Yes or no? Uh, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd be lying if I said it was easy, but yeah, just really focused on focused on the business and focused on our goals is yeah. kind of what what helps push me along. Absolutely, definitely. That's a wheelbarrow if I've ever seen one. So yeah, yeah. Talk to me about you know they are some amazing achievements and and lofty achievements. What got you to that point? How did you wake up one day and go, yeah, actually, this is going to be my new goal? Yeah, well, it's a quite a long story, but I'll shorten it. Um, <laughs> so I'm an um, intrepid traveller and passionate traveller. And in my late 20s, I was travelling um, throughout India and East Africa and got to visit some uh, development projects because I'd been doing some uh, volunteer work for World Vision. Oh, and I visited really? one of the... Yeah, yeah, it was really great. And I visited one of the projects in uh, Kenya and it was a tea plantation. And I was visiting a family and the mother and father both worked full time on the tea plantation. And yet uh, they were part of this this aid and development project uh, that helped them afford the necessities in life. And I just came away from that thinking, wow, you know, these people are working full time. It's not that they can work more. Mm. And I thought, well, this system is really broken. There's something really wrong with this and, yeah. and the way this is all playing out. So I got back to Australia and I read about trade justice and I read about fair trade. And I just remember thinking straight away, I thought, that's what I'm going to do because I liked, I'd sold things before and, and I knew I could sort of, I knew I could sell things. So I thought, mm. well, I'm going to give that a go. Uh, and it started from there. And what started as a hobby, because I didn't quit my full-time job for another year or two, what started as a hobby sort of became a real passion and, and I stuck with fair trade and, and became involved in the um, formation of the Fair Trade Association in Australia and New Zealand, which uh, brought the fair trade label to Australia. And am I correct and, in saying you became part of their board of directors? Yeah, well, as a founding board member. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as I kind of had three kids, you know, I dropped out of out of that for a, a little while. But, um, yeah, it started from there. And then I, uh, as the kids get older and I had a bit more time, I decided in about 2007 that I had to get serious about making a living. So uh, that's when I pitched uh, the Chi Tea product to Woolworths and got it in and the business took off from there. Fantastic. And I ran that. I ran that business for about six, seven years, um, very much as a lifestyle business uh, because I had three kids. Uh, I wanted to, you know, work from home and have all those conveniences that you like to have. Mm. So I did that uh, and that was really successful and then I uh, got a bit bored um, and I was doing, often doing ongoing market research and I discovered a real gap in the market. Um, being really into health products myself and organic, I discovered that uh, tea drinkers also buy a lot of supplements and uh, but there was a couple of problems in the sense that uh, people buy supplements, stick them in the pantry and then forget to take them uh, uh, and yeah. the other yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Everyone just goes, yeah, yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is uh, people just hate taking tablets. So yes. I thought, well, wouldn't it be a great idea if you could put um, B-group vitamins and, and different nutrients in tea? Because also tea is essentially healthy. I mean, it's really healthy. You're hydrating 
green tea's got great catechin antioxidants. So I set about um, developing what became Elements mm. with my now business partner, Julie Hirsch. And uh, yeah, that's how it all started. And it took two years of R&D. Because we wanted to keep it natural, we didn't want to add the sort of binders or fillers that you might find in a lot of food products. Yes. And because of that, we were really limited in in what what we could use as far as manufacturing aids. Uh, So it was really tricky. It took a while, but we got there in the end and we launched – and we launched in Woolworths in June 2019. That is so amazing. What And how close before uh, COVID did you launch into Woolworths? Well, COVID was, um, well, 2020. Mm. So, yeah, so it was six months before that. What a nice little uh, pre-COVID present. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And was the was the whole of 2020, how did that go for you guys in business? I'm always fascinated to, to understand how it impacted, um, you know, different parts of different industries. Yeah, well, it was interesting for us. Um, being a, a young business too, the, the new business, um, we were still refining a lot of our processes, particularly around supply chain. So we were really buffeted by COVID. Uh, everything became harder and more expensive. Yes. Like shipping, shipping is still, you know, quadruple the price of what it would usually be. Factories often operating on half staff because of social distancing. Uh, everything was delayed. You know, mm. ships were stuck off ports because, <laughs> yes. you know, everything was just banked up. Um, yeah, it really, it really did wreak havoc with our business. So we're just coming out of that and, and trying to, to, to get re reorientated. And it's changed the way that we do purchasing and it's changed the way that we manage our whole supply chain, really. Yeah. Um, and we will keep those changes moving forward. Yeah. So what would you say was probably one of the, the benefits of, of going through all that as an experience? Well, it's really, coming out of it, it's really made our supply chain very robust because we've made some changes to our purchasing. Uh, So we'll be able to kind of withstand any more shocks. I love (laughs) that. Yeah, um, it's made a lot more robust. We've tried to simplify as much as possible and we'll keep doing that actually, simplifying. I'm a big um, believer in that. And and when I was managing Chi I used to run that business on my own really and I just really simplified all my processes as much as I could and really got to the heart of what what are the critical success factors to this business and that's really Mm. all I focused on and I didn't say yes to other kind of distractions I guess so we'll bring this business back a bit and focus on on the core core critical success factors and every business has about three of those so that's really important to know I reckon that is so fantastic that although um a lot of turmoil and ideally you'd, you'd rather not have to go through the headaches that at least at the end of the day you've learned some amazing business lessons that have ultimately strengthened the way that you operate and hold you in a more steadfast position should something else kind of come at you next year or any time in the future. So I always find that fantastic yeah. and brilliant resilience as well considering it's such a young company. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. So and you've just got to hang in there. 
Yeah, exactly. Really tight, <laughs> really bloody tight. So this is the Value Driven Brand Podcast and you've kind of just started to touch on it before, but I know that you have some insights into what you believe creates a value-driven brand. And, you know, I love the fact that you are one of the world's first certified organic uh, tea brands and uh, nutrition tea brands. Uh, but what are those points that you believe create a value-driven brand in your experience? Right, and particularly uh, I'm speaking from a small company perspective. Right. So yeah, I think um, and a lot of us small brands, small companies uh, are competing in a niche space. Mm. Uh, well, we have to really. Um, so for competing in a niche space, it's really particularly important to know your um, brand and product proposition. So know exactly who you're selling to, why are they buying it and what are they buying and being really clear about that. Yeah. Because we don't we don't have the mass marketing budgets that a Twinings or a Tetley or whatever would have. Exactly. So we need to yeah, we need to find our customer and we need to find them in a cost effective way. Yeah. So being really clear about who we are and and what we're selling and what we're offering, uh, and finding uh, finding those people who who want our product. So by having a really defined and clear proposition, that really helps us do that. Yeah. And when you were creating elements, and you've you've obviously got to the point where you have this uh, all this data, this insight that's kind of explaining to you, oh, hang on, there's a gap in the market around. Uh, you know, the the nutritional tea, but there's also these um, lifestyle problems where people buy, uh, you know, nutrients and whatnot, but then don't consume them. Uh, it's a little bit like yeah. me and chocolate. If I have a chocolate craving, I just feel good buying chocolate. I don't need to eat it. And I think... Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was cheese, though... Ruined. It's all mine. Don't come <laughs> at me. <laughs> but if it's a chocolate, I, I feel like, you know, I'll buy it and it can sit in the cupboard for months. And I feel like I'm a little bit the same. And I'm sure there's many of us out there who are, who say, oh, mm. I should probably get more vitamin B and I'll go and buy some vitamin B. And it goes and sits at the top of the fridge after I've taken it three times, realized it's a horse tablet. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I've lost interest. Yep in that long-term health benefit now like oh I bought it I feel better about myself yeah but yeah how from a small and because it's such a perfect point that you make you are so successful but yet it's not a Twinings or a Lipton situation so what is the what is the um, tactical piece around how do I find out who I'm going to serve. Like, do you sit on Google? Do you go and ask every Tom, Dick and Harry what they think about vitamins in their tea? How did you and Julie go around achieving that insight? Yeah, so talking to your customers is just absolutely vitally important. Hmm. Um, and I remember when uh, my business partner Julie joined the business and I used to have the – or we have the one three hundred number coming in, and I would answer it, and she, and I remember her saying, oh, "Is that the best use of your time?" And I thought, 
And I said to her, yeah, you know, it's the best way that I can spend my time because when you need to talk to the customers directly or mm. the person creating the products does and you need to know what are their pain points, what do they love about your product, what's annoying about your product, what are they looking for. Mm. Um, yeah, you need to know all that quite intimately. I love and that. And speaking to your customer. So Julie and I actually are emailing customers, we're messaging them, uh, we're speaking to them. And that's really, um, it's so important for a company like ours that's that's also values driven in the sense of, you know, being fair trade and wanting to make the world a better place. And people, even though they won't buy our product because of that because it's they want to buy a tea and they want to buy a tea that they like mm. but they do love it that there's that extra bonus of oh I like this tea and hey they're a great company as well yeah so um yeah just talking to your customers and knowing what they want is absolutely essential like mm. I just could not stress that enough and I, I, you know, I said it in the beginning that you got to uh, couple your passion with ethics, but that ethics in the in the fair trade area absolutely serves as an additional value add to your brand because where others might be, um, you know, I hope they don't, but I'm sure one day there'll be somebody who goes, oh, these ladies were onto something and they go and try to copy or mimic your product. You know, the fact that there is an additional piece to your, um, the value that you deliver, it's not that easy to copy. You know, if there was a choice, I'd be going, mm -hmm. okay, well, I know the effort and work that goes into um creating a fair trade product and I want to support them in their vision. Can you just, yeah. as a segue, please tell us your brand vision. I love it. For, uh, for Elements, mm -hmm. um, well, the company mission is to help accelerate the world's transition to a living wage for all people, which is um, we do that through fair trade and through being certified fair trade. So, you know, it's not just hot air, it's actually, you know, we deliver a better price per kilo to the farmers for their crops and labour. Mm. And, um, yeah, our vision for Elements is that we just love it to be the world's most popular vitamin tea or I, nutrient tea. I think that is so fantastic because there's this double-edged win, really. I mean, you get to have a, a product that is out there that people love but also a product that is out there serving a purpose and uh, delivering what I call a value-driven life, right? So we talk about a value-driven mm. brand, but the ultimate aim in my in my mission in my mission in my vision is to help business owners create a value-driven life, and to do mm. that, they need a value-driven brand because you're not sitting on your laurels just you know, being a ho-hum business, are you? So I love yeah, that yeah. you have coupled, you know, that the passion and the ethics to not just help build something that you love but to help build something that will ultimately help people all over the world. And I mm -hmm. did, um, I'm not sure if you remember, but here in, uh, I'm going to say Melbourne, maybe Australia, some time ago there was a whole hoo-ha about the milk industry and how much the farmers oh, yes, got yeah. paid for their milk. And I 
did a little bit of a public nana about yeah. the the you know the PR stunts that were going on around that, and this is the perfect opposite to that. There's no PR stunt. There is just passion and ethics and an absolute will to make sure that people walk out with a livable wage for the work that they do. And even just yesterday I was having this conversation with my 10-year-old son because we were watching, well, slightly different, but we were watching a television show based in America where they were picketing for a livable wage and then they were picketing okay. for an equal wage. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and he didn't understand what was going on. And so having those conversations and watching even a 10-year-old realise that that's wrong, that mm. why why do they do this work and they can't afford to live, you know. So yes, yep. to have brands like yours uh, working to, to mitigate that and minimise it around the world is just such an absolute pleasure to to bear witness to. So yeah, thank you. Absolutely, product making sure that you understand who you're serving, how you're serving is so important. What's your other insight around delivering a value-driven brand? Well, it's really important to be able to deliver the product, you know, or service that you're offering consistently. And costs are really important in in just the nitty-gritty of a business and controlling costs. So having really, uh, really good, robust processes that you use to run all aspects of your business yeah. is so vitally important. And that way, when other people come in to your business, other employees, then you have, you know, you have a manual or guidelines to train them. Uh, and also, if you're not really measuring or you don't know what you're doing uh, consistently, then you ca- it's harder to iterate and improve mm. what you're doing. So you need to, so what we tend to do is take bite-sized chunks and then we, we really document what we're doing and then we, um, you know, anything that can be quantified, we do that. And then, then you try and iterate and improve it and then you go to the bite off another chunk and then you do the same <laughs> yes. thing. So, I mean, it's a never-ending process but um, and you can't do it all at once but no. it's really, really important to know how you're delivering what you're delivering and then to keep improving because um, it's, you know, it's very competitive as everyone knows. So, yeah, controlling costs are really important and keeping the quality in your product or service is really important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It actually breaks my heart a little bit uh, as uh, as a consultant in customer experience how hard it is to convince business owners and leaders to document their processes and 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 refer Not back really. to them for consistency's sake because they oh, right. they spend so much time putting out fires and I say to them, mm. okay, so um, have you got a policy document around that? Have you got a process document? No, no, mm. <laughs> why not? Yeah. It's a process. Yeah. No, no, they I literally had this conversation with one of my clients the other day and bless her, she said, oh, no, they should just, they, they should just have initiative. I said, so what they've done is they've created an initiative but now it's a consistent occurrence. What you've done is you've mm. gone started with an initiative, but now you've created a process. So 
So where's the documentation mm. to support that so that they can execute it consistently? And then, as you said, create that level of quality um, that mm. their customers have now come to expect. And uh, so, and, and do you find, yeah. I mean, I know it's not a sexy thing to do in business. I know it's, it's not draining. sexy. No, yeah. <laughs> I know it's draining. I, I do them for my own business as well. But yeah. Um, would you would you say that that has probably been a game changer? Oh, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And it's was it uh, Drucker who said if if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Yes. Well, so what, yeah, I'm what a, gets measured gets managed. Gets managed. Yeah, yeah. A huge believer in that. And also we have the tram test. So oh, what's uh, the tram test? The tram test is one of our sort of policies. So. If one of us should get hit by a tram, I mean, we're ah, in Melbourne. So, so in Melbourne. Most likely be a tram. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, it'd be the train test in Sydney. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so if one of us gets hit by a tram, the other one can step in and work out what's going on and, you know, where we're up to in a certain process, whether it's manufacturing or marketing, and um, sort of carry on, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we kind yes. of touched on this before, you know, talking about scaling and, and transitioning into that next level uh, mm. of, of doing business and becoming a that trusted value-driven brand. It doesn't happen. Like I will categorically no. tell you, and I'm sure Nicole will absolutely agree with me, it doesn't happen without rigorous policies and procedures in place. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. And um, one of the important things to really understand about scaling is that scaling is not increasing revenue. Scaling is increasing revenue without doing more work. So, and if you can't, if you can't achieve that, then you're really, really going to s- struggle to scale your business because you just you can't keep up. And if you need to employ more people before the business is ready and it can't take the costs, then uh, you know you just you're going to struggle to to grow a viable business or a sustainable business. So it's all about the model, the business model, and how how cash comes into the company and what has to happen to turn that cash into value for the customer, mm. um, and then delivering that value. Um, and yeah, if you don't have policies and procedures, uh, it's just going to be a big mess. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to turn into a big mess. You will definitely just be spending your days and nights, sleepless nights, putting yeah. out fires. Yeah. Mm. I think that is, I, look, I, I will hand on heart say it took me a while to take my own advice, but, and it's probably more to do with the fact that I work alone. But on the flip yeah. side of that, I also have this disdain for myself when I tell other people to do things and I haven't done it for myself. And yeah, so yeah. I know, but, you know, I used to write policies and procedures for Bunnings for the whole country. Okay. So I get I get it, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not exciting. But I also, what's your perception around businesses when they do create or their, their resistance to creating policy and procedures do you think it's because they think, oh, once it's written, we can't, you know, we can't vary away from that? Or what do you think that resistance is? Or is it just because it's such a boring, bloody job, nobody wants to do it? Yeah, look, I think there's always a trade-off. Um, 
So I'm I'm kind of the policy, the procedure person in our mm-hmm. partnership, and I think there's always a trade-off. Like I'm not good at holding a lot of information in my head because mm. I'm always off thinking of something else. So I'm very happy to follow a procedure for mm. a repetitive task because otherwise I'll forget important steps. Yeah. So I was never really resistant to it, but um. You know, my business partner, Julie, is great at holding a lot of different information in her head so she can learn something and remember it and then do it the next time and and remember it how it's supposed to be. So she probably doesn't see that need to document stuff as much as me. But um, the problem is when you have a staff member coming in, then you need need the procedure. Um, So we're, we're kind of really... Uh, we're really into documenting stuff and having a procedure because our business is also very complex because we're ordering um, raw materials from around the world and we're sending them to our manufacturer and we have manufacturing processes. Um, So we we have to have a lot of kind of procedures around that. Yeah. but this, it's got to be the trade-off, though. There's no point spending hours on a procedure that's not going to return the value. Mm. So it's about having that discernment about, okay, well, what procedures are really going to add value to my business and making those decisions? That's yeah. sort of the important part, really, because otherwise yeah. you just end up wasting a lot of time. Um, I sat down the other week and recorded the um, – documented the process for – producing one of these podcasts the other week. Oh, okay. Yep. And I was complaining to one of my clients that uh, it was taking a long time and it was a very draining process to uh, document. And she said, oh, well, you know, like you tell us we've got to do it, so enjoy. And I had to go and eat my words because as I was on the phone to her, I was like, I already know how to do it and nobody else does it. It's just me. Mm, and yeah. then lo and behold, I actually do have um, – I have a, a gentleman who I send my transcripts to and he he does the transcript part but everything else I, I do myself. And, uh, and I sent him a transcript and I realised that when I sent him the transcript with the video – that I had made a mistake on the video and I had to start again from scratch. And I sat there and I thought to myself, that is karma for complaining about documenting your process (laughs) that I claimed to know with my eyes closed and then mapped it up. Yeah, right. I literally sat there and thought, wow, okay, even, even when you think you know, you can still make a mistake. And that is why we need those procedures to be in place because who's got time? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I literally wasted six hours and had to do it again. <laughs> oh, no. I think um, part of the art really is to um, documenting it in the right format and so it's a, a living, breathing document, document mm. not a static, some static thing that's kind of going to be forgotten about. Um, a document that you actually use. So making it even slightly interactive can be good. Yeah, I so, love that. Yeah, yeah. If That's it's fantastic. if it's well laid out um, and is kind of fit for purpose, then it can be a real, you know, it can be really great in the yeah. actual implementation as well. 
Yeah. And I think also if you take into consideration how people might take information in as well, like I've uh, I've encouraged some of my clients to use video and screen capture uh, software as well to, to explain some of their processes, which I think yeah. also has helped them get past that barrier of documenting uh, the way they do business because they might have this uh, block in their mind where they're like, oh, I don't want to write out step one, step two. But then if they mm-hmm. find a different way to perform it, it's still the same out, like it's still the same outcome. You've documented the way you do business and that's that's the main thing at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. I think yep. that is a fantastic, fantastic way to create a value-driven brand. And if you are watching or listening, take Nicole's advice, (laughs) set time aside, hold yourself accountable and put those procedures down on paper, make them a livable, breathable document. Um, Actually, it's interesting you say that my podcasting document has got a whole bunch of links in it to make it easy for me to to access different um, programs and whatnot. So in that sense, it's a a breathable, living, breathable document. I have to literally use it every time I produce a podcast now. So, uh, Mm, yeah, yeah. there's none of that, what is it, set and forget? No, no, that's no good. Yeah, that ain't helping anybody. No. (laughs) So they are some amazing insights into how you have gone about creating value from brand. Now, before I let you go, you might not be aware. And if this is your first time listening or uh, watching, you are going to find out that every guest that uh, comes on to the Value Driven Brand podcast, I ask them for the one song that gets them pumped up for anything. Now, I had to have a laugh because uh we have come through to the point where um we've definitely hit the classics we've definitely got a couple of the uh eye of the tiger we've definitely come up with a few we are the champions so if you're those bands and you have writing uh credits to those enjoy the royalties (laughs) but nicole after all that what was the song that you decided got you pumped up for anything? Uh, I would have to say then I'd revert to a Cold Chisel song. Ooh. Uh, I do love the Star Hotel. The Star it's, Hotel. It's, it's raw and rough and ready and it's it's um, energetic. That is an understatement, understatement. But <laughs> I love it. That's exactly. So the point to asking you that question is because we have here the Value Driven Brand podcast uh, Spotify playlist and every guest that comes oh, okay. on tells me the song that gets them pumped up for anything and I add it to the playlist and then when your uh, podcast goes live, you can download the Spotify playlist and find your song along with many, many others. And I mentioned earlier it's becoming quite the eclectic mix. We have gone mm. from cold chisel now. Cold chisel, I feel like we don't have a cold chisel, so this is yeah. going to be a a very good addition to, uh, as Big I said before, we've got Queen. We have classical music. Uh, we have yeah. punk rock. Yeah, yeah. We have some dance and trance. Yeah, it I is, could easily go Clash, yeah. Well, clash. It, it certainly is <laughs> an absolute insight into each of our guests and what absolutely gets them pumped up for anything. So thank you for your contribution to the playlist. 
Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'll, I'll download it keenly, actually, and, and look out for, yeah, I'll be curious to listen. It's uh, it's definitely, if you can't get pumped up for anything after listening to that soundtrack, mm. go get help. That's, yeah, yeah. that's my profession. <laughs> go and get resuscitated. <laughs> go back to bed and start again. <laughs> yeah. Now, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. You will be able to go to valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series to be able to watch the wonderful Nicole and I have this conversation. If you are listening uh, in transit, you can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever all good podcasts are heard. But you will also find all the links to be able to get in touch with Nicole and find out more about the Chi and Elements Tea brands as well. Nicole Lamond, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been such a pleasure to learn about how you have created a value-driven brand. No worries. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. And for everybody else, we are going to be back next time. But until then... Get out there, go and create value for somebody else in your life because what goes around comes around. I'm Aileen Day. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand Quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.